And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Cam Edwards alongside the one and the only Miss E. Hello, hello. Hello. Pretty sure there's more than one Miss E. Uh, you're the only one for me. Okay, that's good. Because <laughs> if there were more than one here, we'd probably have some serious problems. So I was I was a little concerned that we were not going to be able to actually record a podcast today. I had tweeted out on a Friday, okay, getting ready to record two podcasts. I did my one where I delve into old books. So we've got part two of Reflections on the Failures of Socialism coming up. Uh, and then right as we're about to sit down, uh, it was a good uh, interruption because oh, yeah. our friend showed up, our, uh, we've Val. Talked about, so. We've talked about Val before. She's the one. She's, she's a renaissance awesome. woman. Yeah. She makes cheese. Um, she has goats and sheep that she milks to make cheeses. So she's yeah. got sheep that she milks. Like, not anybody milks sheep. I was like, I'm going to have to buy some Manchego when she gets it mm-hmm. done. Um, but she just recently butchered a couple of her ginormous turkeys. They were like 30, 32 pounds. So she was bringing me... We, we did, it was a barter. It was a great trade. She was bringing me a couple of really nice, big, rolled, deboned turkey... Parts. parts. Not just breasts. Not just breasts. It's just a big, rolled into boned turkey part um, that I can smoke. And in exchange, I made her granddaughter one of those little twisted unicorn hats. So that's gotten shipped off. She says it usually takes about 10 days for packages to get to Japan. So I got my turkey before she got her hat. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so she was stopping by to do that. So it's really, it's always nice to catch up, too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I am really looking forward to smoking some turkey here before long. Yeah, I can probably get them brined up and get them started over the weekend while it's... Oh, no, it's going to be no, it's gonna be really cold and Monday miserable and yeah. cold outside, so never mind. Maybe, maybe not next, this weekend. Maybe next weekend. Yeah. I, I, I am curious, though, one question. Um, so when we have the smoked turkey, mm. do we do we get to have stuffing, too, since it's turkey? I know it's not Christmas or Thanksgiving. Maybe I could just throw out some stovetop for you. Mm. You know really? how much work homemade stuffing is? Like between yeah, that, That's an insult, though. <laughs> I don't so know. Maybe I, I, I can like, just throw I some like stovetop. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't. It's not that I mind it, but compared to your stuffing, <laughs> I know, I know. Right? That's we'll like, see. We'll see. Uh, okay. I'm not making any promises, but we'll see. <laughs> I do like it. We know, right. I could eat bowls of stuffing after. I'd make it just a giant batch of it, just so that I can just I eat know. stuffing after Thanksgiving. I know. So you're busy with the hats too, because uh, so you you went to mail this hat off to Japan <laughs> yesterday, and while you were at the post office, how many more hats did you get a request to make? Three. Four. Three. Just three? One unicorn and And then two. one potential who might be contacting you because yeah, you gave so, me your card. So, yeah. So when I was when I was at the post office last week mailing off two unicorn hats to my great nieces, this woman... Oh, no, no, no. I was mailing off a Kraken hat to somebody. And uh, she was like, oh, that is so cool. All my granddaughters would just love that. Do you sell them? I'm like... Oh, yeah, yeah. So I gave her my card, so we'll see. And I said, well, they're about $25. So I said, she said, that's all? I'm like, yeah, well, it's because you don't get a choice in color because I'm really trying to use up a bunch of yarn. And it's called stash busting. <laughs> if I have to go buy yarn, you have to pay more just because I had to go to the darn store and pick up the stupid yarn. Right. But if you don't care about the colors, hey, it's all good. I just, you know, pay me for my time. So I'm, you know, I'm slowly getting through these tubs of yarn. You're just, uh, you're just not allowed to leave the house because every time you do, you come back with I more sh- I know. More, ha- more people want hats. Hey, wow, can you make me one of those? <laughs> <gasps> yeah. But I love the So 
the 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 clerk at the at the post office. So I'm, I'm and she's like, well, where are you with your hat making? Says it like that. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I just finished this one. I'm you know I'm not, not really on. I make myself a hat because I you know to keep my bald head covered. She said, well, I want one of those for my granddaughter. I was like, okay, sure. Do you want white and pink? She's oh yeah, just like that. Those colors are great. I said if I had purple, so oh, purple's good too. I was like, okay, and I want two of those Kraken hats for my grandsons. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well you don't get to pick the color, so it's all good. So, I love it. I'm almost finished the unicorn hat already. Yeah, I started it yesterday, and I'm almost finished. I think it's cool. I, you know, and and so Missy and I have this conversation all the time because I'm like, you need to charge more for your hats, and she's like, I like making them. Yeah, and I and I get it. Um, it's the process, and it keeps me out of trouble. Well, it's the process that keeps you out of trouble too. But you know, it's so it's interesting. I saw this week Conan O'Brien. Uh, must be going through an existential crisis because he was he was talking about how nothing matters and how, you know, he was at. I mean, don't roll your eyes. He was kind of he had a serious point. Like he was talking about how um, I forget uh, Cary Grant, I think, was the actor that he, he referenced and how, you know, back in the day, Cary Grant was like the biggest thing. And now nobody knows who Cary Grant is. He said he went to Calvin Coolidge's grave, President oh. Calvin Coolidge's grave. And he said, I was the only one there. He's like, nobody remembers Calvin Coolidge anymore. He says it doesn't matter how big you are. Sooner or later, you're forgotten. He's like, so what does this matter? You know, what does what does my talk show matter? What is what does doing a late night show matter? Because mm. nobody's going to care at one at some point. Right. But we still talk about Johnny Carson though, and that's a long time ago. We do, and obviously, you know, some people will will last. I mean, I know who Calvin Coolidge is. I like to go to his grave if I'm ever up in Vermont. Um, but it did get me thinking that you know the 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 things that do last. I mean, they're obviously the famous and the historic figures, right? But Great grandma's quilt, mm-hmm. right? Like family heirlooms mm-hmm. keep your family yeah. around. Like I got my grandma silver, much to the surprise of everyone. <laughs> there used to be the joke in our family, well, you're not getting her silver now. Well, oh, and I'm I, never getting grandma silver. I just think that, you know, your hats and the stuff that you make become heirlooms. Like yeah. when you... Those big baby blankets. Those that I, huge baby blankets, right? I mean, those are those, those are going to be remembered forever and ever. The picture that you showed me of your niece and your grandnieces in their matching unicorn hats and how your one great niece, like, has her blanket every day. Yeah, the blanket that I made for her. And the unicorn hat is like her favorite hat in the world now. Yeah. And, you know... It's it's whether whether you intend it or not. I just think it's cool that you are making memories and you are keeping you around. Well, this is this is also part of my philosophy that I got out of that book. What was that book called? Will Self's How the Dead Live. Okay. And basically, the gist is it's it's you die. But then you go into another level of existence where you still have to find a job and get a house. You basically like move to a city of the dead. You move to like a city of the dead. But what? So what's happening on in the in the city is that giant populations are just starting to disappear from the city of the dead. From the city of the dead. And what's happening on Earth is it's a pandemic, and people are dying mm-hmm. everywhere. And so what? What the? What? What is? What? Why the people in the city of the dead are disappearing is because there's no one left to remember them anymore. So you're only in the city of the dead as long as someone, someone is around to remember someone on earth you. to still remember And you. then you go somewhere. After that, you go somewhere and you don't know where you go. Nobody knows where you go. I don't know where right? the book, right? have, Well, the book doesn't, like, the, even the people who are dead, they don't know what happens next. They don't know, where, they don't know what happens after that, right. after, because they're already dead, so you can't be dead, dead twice. So they just disappear. But that's been my philosophy ever since I read that book. I was just like, 
well, I'm going to live forever in the afterlife because I say <laughs> to hello to strangers. I help short people in the grocery store. I, you know, make these hats and send these everywhere. You know, there's you know, there's little babies wearing my Krakens out in Oklahoma. There's somebody wearing one. There's a couple kids wearing them in, outside of Chicago. There's a, a mom who's wearing one, and she started it. So the girl who's getting the, the unicorn hat, the one I traded for turkey, her mother started this whole thing, by the way, over about a year she and a half ago. She was the first one, yeah. She was the first person. So a couple of years ago, she found a pattern for these really cool shark socks, and they look like the sharks are coming up your leg and eating your foot. And she's a, she used to be a marine biologist. So she's like, can you make these for me? And I made a pair for her, and I made a pair for her daughter, and they love them. And so, you know, this is like not this past this November, but last year in November. Mm-hmm. She says, I found this pattern. Can you make this for me? And I was like, yeah, but you have to buy the pattern because I'm not buying the pattern. So <laughs> I'm being cheap. If you want it, you, pay the, you buy the pattern and I'll make it. I didn't charge her anything for it because she, she bought the pattern. So I make the hat and I mail it off to Japan and she loves it. And then I just start making them for everybody because they're just so much fun to make that – and then I'd get a request. My friend's son from Chicago. Oh, do you think Miss E will? Do you think she's selling them? Or if I <laughs> asked her, and then the next thing I get is a text. Okay, so and so really likes your Kraken hats. I'm like, what color does he want? And then his brother got jealous, and I was like, what color does he want? So, they'll, they're, I'm going to live forever in the afterlife. <laughs> I think you are. Meanwhile, we're in the uh, in the current life. We have a uh, a studio audience of one here. We have Zelda who's just staring at us. Do you think she needs to go out? I don't think she needs to go out. I don't out. think I she needs just... to go out. She just first off, every time we sit here, we have food, so That's she still true. thinks she we're going to give her something. <laughs> so she's very hopeful, and then she really just wants you to pet her constantly. Yeah, she is the neediest freaking dog on the planet. Which is so funny because I know we've talked about this before, but she does not she's reciprocate. Not very yeah, she's not <laughs> very affectionate at is, all. It is just love me. Yes. And I'll tolerate you. Yeah, she's a total narcissist. Uh, so, okay, so speaking of uh, animals on the farm, so we have an update. Uh, it's been pretty quiet. It's been a pretty quiet week. Hasn't been a lot of drama or anything going on. Uh, we are starting to get eggs again, which is uh, in- Yay! I know it's incredible, and even um, Chipetta and I didn't think I thought she was. She's our finish. oldest one. She's our oldest. She was actually one of the very first chicks born on the farm. So she was born October of 2013. So I figured she was kind of getting near the end, but mm-hmm. nope. We got blue eggs in the in the nesting boxes, and I was like, yes, eggs again. And we have one of the two chickens that think they're goats back with her chicken brethren. So Bonnie and Clyde, we've got Clyde the rooster, we've got Bonnie his accomplice, and they're the ones that uh, that, that that we could not catch when we you know moved all of our chickens out from the free ranging that they were doing all summer and fall into the chicken yard over the winter so that they would be safe from coyotes and foxes and stuff like that. So we had we've had two that have we've not been able to wrangle, uh, Bonnie and Clyde. And they roost about ten feet up in the trees over where where we had the goats. Yeah, because they would so they would manage. There's like a big there's a big like a almost like a grapevine, mm-hmm. and they managed to just hop and skip, jump, fly <laughs> up the vines to get into the. And I'm looking. I'm like, how on earth? And I saw them doing it the one time. I was like. I am not climbing a tree to get that chicken, so they're, they're going to stay yard chickens. Right, so they've been yard chickens since November yeah. or so, um, and they've been fine. Even when it's been really cold, they've, you know, they're, they're okay, but the other night, uh, Missy said, I, I, saw the, I saw the chicken, I saw the hen, I saw, I saw Bonnie, and I yeah. was like, okay. So Bonnie was, we've got this like weird 
like mini back porch that you can't even access because the house is kind of settled in such a way that the door no longer opens. Yeah, it's a door, but it's so crooked that it just stays closed. So we use <laughs> we actually just use this entire area as like, like a, a closet. Back closet, right. Um, and so, the, so on the other side of the door that we can't open, there's like this little mini porch. And... Across from the little mini porch, there's like a wooden lip. There, yeah, the there's house. some weird wooden ledge. We don't. I, I, don't, I, know I don't know why it's, why it's there. there, but uh, it's but it's there. House. We take it down, and the whole part of the house will fall off. Right, so it just stays there. So and she's, so she's there. Yeah, and so we go outside. It's dark now. Uh, climb up the somewhat icy stairs because we had a little bit of ice and yep. snow over the weekend. And uh, Missy's able to lean across and grab the hen. Who, yeah, like, you know, hey, you woke me up. Right. And we uh, get her inside the uh, the chicken coop. But she wasn't roosting with Clyde. I didn't know where Clyde yeah. was at the time. He must have been somewhere else because she was all by herself in the dark on the back porch. Right. So we lock up the chicken coop. And then we uh, I just by chance left the actual do- door the to gate, the yard yeah. open. And then the next day. Missy's looking out her office window, and she sees Clyde has wandered into the chicken yard. And we have yet to let the chickens out because it's like, you know, 730 in the morning. So quick as lightning, Missy runs outside, right? In my pajamas with my winter Carhartt coat on top of my jammies and my little uh, plastic shoes. Yeah, go run down there. Get in there, shut the door gate behind me so he can't escape, and let all the chickens out so everybody's finally locked up. And I'm like, yay! Well, two days later, not so yay, because he managed to get out again. I did find the spot in the chicken yard that um, he must have fit through, so that's not an issue anymore. But I can't... We haven't haven't been able to trap him back in there yet. So, So, yeah. So, so Bonnie is... Bonnie's in with the hens where she's supposed to be, right? And Clyde thinks he's a chick. He's a goat. Yeah. He literally, when you look out, he'll be he's laying in the sun with the, with the goats. Right. He's wandering around the yard, following the goats. It's really kind of funny. And he will he crows no matter what time of the day it is. So it'll be five o'clock in the morning, and I've got a rooster crowing outside the bedroom, and I'm like, "Are you being kidding me, you <laughs> stupid rooster?" So I'm hoping he either gets picked up by a coyote or he managed to get him in there, but whatever. One or the other. And whatever. Uh, well, he's, he's a yard goat chicken now. Yeah, and, and the thing is, so we only have uh, five, five hens. hens. Yeah. yeah, we lost four of the last blizzard. Okay. So, you know, five hens and two roosters is really... Bad math. Right. They should have at least eight to ten girls per rooster. So the plan, we've been looking at Craigslist um, to try to get... We don't really want to hatch chicks out. I don't want chicks. No. They're a pain in the butt. We did that once. And it, it is, and it's just so gross to have them in your house, and that's where we've got. That's where we would have to have them because we don't really have a place to keep that's going to be warm enough warm. to have chicks right. outside. No, it's either the house or my office, and that's just as bad. Yeah, uh, as, as far no. as dust and gross. So, so um, we've been looking at Craigslist, uh, the Charlottesville, the Lynchburg, the Richmond Craigslist. Since we're sort of in the middle of all of those, and um, there actually are some chickens for sale. Yeah, we're just uh, going to go for pullets, and and for people who pullet is a chicken who is old enough to lay eggs, or yeah. not quite old enough to lay eggs, but yeah. almost old enough to lay eggs. Well, we've seen some mature better. hens for about ten dollars a bird too. Yeah, not so, bad. but I don't know when we're going to do that. So yeah. uh, when I, it's it, not so cold and muddy, when we can introduce them, when it's you know. Yeah. Then they, when when the problem is is that when it's very cold, they have a tendency to hang out inside the coop. Right. Which is fine. But when there's a whole bunch of them and a bunch of new ones and a bunch of new ones, they will beat each other up. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, it's it's funny like the the phrases you take for granted like pecking order. That's literally true. Right. And 
You think like like Lindsay Lohan was bad in Mean Girls? Like um, chickens are the meanest girls right, on the planet, right? They really truly are. Because yeah, they totally totally. When it got cold the other day, they totally um, carnivore. You know, they went cannibal on each other, and two of the younger. Uh, red sex links got murdered by the other chickens and they're all just like fat and happy walking around like they're all pleased with themselves I'm like you guys are murderous <laughs> wenches <laughs> holy crap yeah they really were murderers so funny story um, last week's podcast was not actually the podcast that you were supposed to hear. Oh, yeah. It was the one that he lost <laughs> the file for. And I kept saying, well, surely we can somehow use that file and just make the podcast longer. So no. That's why the podcast was so flippin' short, by right, the way. Right, because, yeah, so we recorded one, and then I had to go pick up our, our daughter from school, and then we got back, and I was like, man, that was only like 20 minutes. We need to do this again. And I had deleted the master file, so we only had the MP3, and I, yeah, whatever. And so we, we did a whole other podcast that was like, 30 minutes long, and uh, and then I uploaded the short one. Yeah. So so one of the things that you didn't hear last week, even though we talked about it last week in the secret, now, now you know, forever lost podcast, um, this really cool mug oh, that, yeah. uh, that Miss E has been drinking out of uh, that was a, a Christmas gift. A Christmas present. From... Um, sorry, Zelda's still, Molly Zelda's still Pitcher, whacking. It's the Molly Pitcher Company, um, and just Molly and Pitcher. And she's a pottery artist who lives outside of Michigan, and she'll take custom orders. She makes things. She's got an Etsy shop if you look for her. You can find her on Instagram under Molly Pitcher. But she made this specific – I didn't ask her <coughs> this. I was just like a very big surprise that it showed up in our post office box. But it's this – first off, it's a massive mug. It takes my hand – I can put my hand around it barely – Two hands around it, my fingertips touch, but my palms, your palms don't. Down, so yeah. My palms don't. So it's huge. It takes two bags to make a cup of tea. Mm-hmm. So it's, I'm getting two things of tea. But it's, it's this beautiful black handle, and the inside's all black, but the outside looks like it's almost like, it's like a almost field like a, a of flowers. Or, oh, yeah, flowers. I was thinking it was more like a marsh, but yeah, I it's see the, the flowers the kind now. Of flowers and cattails. The long grasses. Mm-hmm. And long grasses. But then right at the very front, and, and it's almost, it's like the perfect font, too. It says, We the People. It is the coolest mug. Um, and it's like super sturdy. And, and it's, it's dishwasher great. safe. And it's dishwasher safe, microwave safe. So, yeah. So if you got a <laughs> chance to check out Molly Pitcher Company, um, she makes trays, cups, bowls. Like I said, she'll do custom orders, but she's got just beautiful artwork, animals, deer, horses, like all kinds of really great stuff on as, yeah. as subject matter. I think that might have been the oldest man statement I ever made. What's and that? it's dishwasher safe. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it is pretty impressive because a lot of times you get the, the ceramics and the pottery and it's like, don't, don't, don't even, don't even get it near the dishwasher. Hand wash right? it, but don't use real soap. Only use the organic stuff that comes down from the lava fields of Hawaii or exactly. something. Exactly. All right. So we have a number of uh, podcasts, uh, uh, emails to get to as well, but there's one more story that I want to talk about. Uh, and I actually sent it to 40 acre fool at gmail.com yesterday just as sort of a note of like, I want to talk about this. And all of a sudden I get an email back from myself saying, I read that bleep them. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, I didn't send that. I was very confused for a second. So this is, this is from the New York post, but you can find other stories here. Experts unveil plans to overhaul the world's diet. The entire world, by the way, the entire world, everybody's food. And I actually saw a couple of days before this. So this, this was posted on the 16th. Uh, late at night. So it really, it popped up on uh, January 17th. And I saw a tweet from a farmer probably two days earlier 
that said, hey, this is coming. Uh, these, these, these groups of, you know, nutritionists and, and scolds, they're getting ready. And he was really, this is a guy I think is up in Saskatchewan. Okay. Um, and, you know, his whole point of view was, listen, you can mock this all you want. There's a lot of power and a lot of money and a lot of influence behind these people. So, yeah, you know, make fun of them, but know that they're really going to try to do this. Yeah, we're um, not messing with my steak. I, right? So a hamburger a week, but no more. That's about as much red meat people should eat to do what's best for their health and the planet. No, it's more about the planet first. But you know, so 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 here's the thing. And, and who said f- and four eggs in a week? I know four I eggs eat in a four week. Four eggs in an omelet. <laughs> right. How the fudge do you do that? I know. So, but here's the thing. So, in talking to, I was talking about this yesterday or, or earlier this week on Twitter. Uh, I, I, I've come up with a group, uh, and I would love to know if you would like to join this group. You can email us at 40 at gmail.com. Om Nom Nom uh, is the name of the group. Uh, and I, it's something like the uh, original Meat Eaters Network of something or other. But anyway, the, the important thing is the acronym is Om Nom Nom. Nom, nom. nom, nom, uh, nom. You can also use the hashtag Don't Tread on Meat uh, as well. Like and uh, we're going to have a little Gadsden flag with a little bacon snake, I think. Um, <laughs> so you can get on the ground floor of the Om Nom Nom movement. But, <laughs> but we were talking about this yesterday or earlier this week on Twitter with some farmer friends. And one uh, a gentleman who is a, a cattle rancher in uh, Nebraska said, look, we eat less red meat than we did 40 years ago. We do. And yet obesity and heart disease and all of these other problems are going up. So you can't tell me that it's because of red meat. And as far as, you know, the environment goes, we have about 100 million fewer head of cattle right, we, on the planet right now than we had at, the, at, at its peak. Right. So these numbers are going down. Uh, producers are able to get more meat out of each individual cow. So it's actually becoming a, a uh, I don't want to say a leaner operation, but it's becoming a more efficient yeah, more nose uh, to tail operation, right? And and so both of those arguments, the 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 dietary argument and the environmental argument, are kind of baloney. Yeah, um, bovine excrement, uh, right? As long as we're talking about you know food and cows and stuff like that, total BS. Right. So, I, 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 but again, uh, they're really going to be pushing this. So I would love to know. This was organized by Eat. By the way, a Stockholm-based nonprofit seeking to improve the food system was published uh, by the medical journal Lancet. The panel of experts who wrote it says a great food transformation is urgently needed by 2050, and that the optimal diet that they outline is flexible enough to accommodate food cultures around the world. Except for the people who live in food deserts who can't get to farmers markets and can't get a whole bunch of fresh vegetables and can't spend the money on you know the organic and the whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean. There's a lot of poor people who can't afford to eat like that. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. Uh, I mean, as I say, overall, the diet encourages whole grains, beans, fruits, and most vegetables and says to limit added sugars. Refined grains such as white rice and starches like potatoes and cassava. says red meat consumption on average needs to be slashed by half globally, though the necessary changes vary by region and reductions would need to be more dramatic in richer countries like the United States. So here's the thing. We're not going to do this voluntarily. I mean, let's just face it. Not We're not going to do this voluntarily. Not this, either. not just this country, not, not other countries no, as well. No, I don't think so either. Um, so either this, and this is what I think is going to be interesting to see over the next, let's say two years. 
Is there going to be a push to turn something like this into a binding agreement a la the Paris Climate Accords? Mm. Something, forget about the enforceability of it. Yeah, right. But just some sort of, you know, supposedly binding referendum or binding statement among, you know, the the, uh, enlightened nations of the world that we are going to start reducing the amount of meat that our citizens eat. We're going to, and, and by the way, that you're talking about taxes, right? Increasing taxes. Oh, no. As we're talking here, you just lost a... I didn't lose. I didn't just lose. Oh, it just must fell have lost. Off. No, I was taking my earring out it? just because my ear itched. Well, That's that... the back. Oh. So the stone fell out. Oh, dear. Yeah. Oh, oh. well, shoot. I need a new earring. It's a good thing Valentine's Day is coming yeah, up. Yeah, right? Um, uh, huh. Anyway, but mm. yeah. I don't know. I And yeah, but like you said, how the enforceability is one thing. You can write up a contract and get people, but I'm pretty sure the people in Paris aren't going to be giving up their foie gras anytime soon. No, but the, but the well, yeah, the people in Paris aren't, but uh, apparently there was a challenge to California's foie gras ban that the Supreme Court de- declined to hear. So that means that the California's foie gras ban uh, remains in effect, and now they're really starting to crack down on that. We'll have to talk about that maybe on the uh, the next edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. So anyway, keep your eyes on this EAT movement uh, in this EAT group, because I, I, this is not just going to be like a one-day headline. This actually is going to be a, a big push uh, over the next couple of years. It's funny, because they call it EAT, but I think I call it starve. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I just and I'm, and I'm mostly Irish, you know. There's yeah, no way right. you're not having your potatoes. God's green planet that I'm getting rid of my potatoes. Well, again, om nom nom uh, is is the uh, this is for this is for farmers. This is for the, the food producers for the eaters. <laughs> it's you know it's the real farm to table movement yeah. and every step in between. And uh, you know by banding together, we can push back against the scolds. So don't tread on meat. All right. So, um, so again, we've got some uh, emails to get through here, uh, including uh, the question that we asked last time: What food would you miss right. if you moved to the country, or what food do you miss if you, you have, have moved, moved to, to the country? The country. Uh, Mike in Michigan says uh, the one food that we miss living in a small village with limited food options in town versus a college town is bagels. Mm-hmm. It was a common thing for us to just decide bagels on a Saturday or Sunday. Just a few minutes later, would have bagels, right. everything bagels with salmon cream cheese for me, salt bagels with salmon cream cheese for the wife, and cinnamon or something like that with regular cream cheese for the boy. Granted, Mike says, we only live 30 minutes away from said college town now, but that's one direction. Having to yeah. wait an hour for bagels and having to be cold by the time you get back. It's just not the same. It's not It's not the same. Uh, Mike says, on the plus side, fast food is farther away, which reduces the temptation to just go get some. Yeah. It's only a seven-mile drive to the nearest McDonald's, but that's just far enough away where it's more than an afterthought to just go get it. You have to make a dedicated trip, and that's often enough to just say, forget it. I'm yeah. just going to cook something. <laughs> Uh, Mike says wrestling season just getting up to speed with last night uh, and last night we re-registered the boy for his trap skeet sporting clays team. Oh, nice. So basically all our free time is gone until June. Right. Or yeah, because so. we're going to have to run in that kid all over the place. <laughs> right. Well, listen, Mike, uh, congratulations. I'm glad things are going well and uh, hopefully you can, you know, make the trip for a bagel. Eat it there. Just that's, that's the thing. You, you can't bring it home. You just go get the bagels and then you eat it there. Yeah. Right. Yep. Schedule your, your, your in-town errands for Saturday morning. Yeah, then you can go. But get you still got to, I get it though, you still have to plan. It yeah. can't just be a spur of the moment thing. One bagel place that we had in Farmville closed. Right. Brian, uh, I know. Uh, Brian in uh, Compton, California says, I don't live in the country, but I already know what I would miss the most. I grew up in Brooklyn. Now I live in Compton. The two things that I would miss 
Uh, excellent Chinese food in every block mm. are the two things I do miss. Uh, excellent Chinese food in every block and the pizzeria near the house where I grew up. Ah. When I eventually leave Southern California, the only thing I'll miss is the crowds, the traffic, and the stress. Will you actually miss like that? Sounds like you're going to miss nothing. <laughs> then I wouldn't. I wouldn't miss that. When we left Northern Virginia, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to miss traffic. Like I'm going to miss having a hole in the middle of my forehead." One of uh, and it, it 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 you know we've got our local Chinese place uh, in our little village right outside of Farmville and it's <laughs> Missy just made a face like, it's not bad it's not but it's good. not good I get agita every single time I eat there now thirty five or so minutes away there's in the town of place. Scottsville there's a much better place yes. but uh, yeah yeah all right uh, and also we can get sushi still because the gas station sushi place moved to not be next to a gas station anymore, and it's, so Farmville it's, actually has a really good sushi restaurant they do it's surprising but it used to be literally in the same building as a gas station so we would get tickled every time we'd go out for our gas station sushi date but they've actually moved into a bigger building very nicely decorated and it's no longer attached to a gas station to be the brunt of jokes there you go all right we heard from uh, bob as well said uh, cam and missy so glad you're able to start the podcast back up and just listen to last friday's podcast and i have to say missy that you sound wonderful one would never know the trials and tribulations to listen to the show thank you i fake it really well <laughs> no i actually feel really good unless i'm sick i'm usually okay yeah. like and and just just so you guys know guys and gals sorry, i don't want to be sexist yeah. but um so next week uh, the week of the 22nd. Normally, I'd be at uh, SHOT Show in Las Vegas. I'm going to miss that for the first time in 14 years. We've got a doctor's appointment. Missy has chemo on Friday, so need to be here for that. Yeah. Um, and we'll let you know what's going on. We'll, we'll be, we've will we got some questions for the doctor, but it kind of sounds like you might get to take a little bit of time off. Yeah, he had said after six treatments, and this is going to be the sixth one, that I get to take a break. But I'm not too sure what that's going to mean because um, so I, I take Taxotere, and it's working to shrink all the tumors. And the the whole goal behind the treatment wasn't to cure me. It's just to make sure that it didn't get worse. It's palliative care. So I'm not too sure how far down we're supposed to go because I just assumed like to keep going until they were the nothing. Right. Let's just shrink to the nothing. Right. Um, but they also think – and so I can – then I can just stop Dexotir altogether because – I don't want to be bald for the rest of my life. My hair is still falling out constantly, even though even though it's shaved. My eyebrows are like non-existent anymore, which really weirds me out. I don't like it. Um, so the taxidermist is just going to keep it so that I'm always going to be bald, and I don't want to keep taking it too. So I'm kind of torn. I mean, I, I, it's nice to take a break. I don't know how much of a break I'm going to get because right now I'm getting chemo every four weeks. Um, and it was every three, but we it asked was every to three, push it but back. We pushed it back a little bit more, and it's it's still working. So, yeah. um, so who knows? Maybe I'll get a couple of months off. We'll see. Yeah. So we'll see, but uh, we'll know next week. Yep. So so look forward to an update there. Um, Bob says I had to laugh at the last podcast. I was browning beef for beef stew, and I thought it was a good oh. time to listen. And you're describing your beef stew. How funny! How about that? Serendipitous. Bob uh, was writing as his was in the crock pot. He said just finished getting a large pot of Brunswick stew on the stove. Mm. Uh, big news on Bob's farm. We've started building a new house. Ooh. Yeah. He says it's been a long drawn out process, but it is underway. He said we have once again discovered that you may not understand God's plan, but you need to follow it. We ended up with a much better bank and a wonderful builder, an Amish man and his four sons. They nice. are true craftsmen. That's nice. cool, yeah, Bob. Yeah, that is cool. Good uh, luck with the house building. Right. Bob says, I got my first seed catalog two weeks ago. Earliest he says he's received one. Yeah, we've we got ours. We've been getting ours with Christmas cards. Yeah. We, we got a, the first seed catalog actually came before Christmas. And I was just like, okay, are we, are we that desperate for sales that we're going to start 
pushing people this early? I mean, I know some people started their sale their seeds mm-hmm. in like January and February to get a head start on, but pff, no. Right. <laughs> um, Bob says uh, he's adding uh, asparagus this year to his garden. Says oh, we nice. did well with tomatoes and peppers last year, and he says the goal is to add something new every year to keep the learning curve reasonable. Uh, that's awesome. That Bob, is awesome. Bob Good also way. says, uh, you asked about what food I miss here in the boonies. He says, that would have to be barbecue mm. on Nantucket, which I didn't realize that that's where Bob is is living okay. on the island of Nantucket. Ah. Uh, on Nantucket, barbecue is a verb. Yeah. Uh, is what you do on the grill, whether it's steak, burgers, chicken, pizza, you light the grill and you barbecue something on it. Right. My first taste of quote unquote barbecue is when I was stationed in southeastern Virginia. Mm. And you can't touch that flavor nope. out here. No. Uh, now, here's the cool thing, babe. You ready? Yeah. All right. He says, My good fortune is that my son in law is a chef and has opened several barbecue restaurants in the Richmond area. Oh, yeah. I did. Next time you're in Charlottesville, check out Asado Charlottesville. It's his newest restaurant. It's on the square. I'm biased, but I thought it was delicious. All right. That, that done deal, Bob. Oh, yeah. We'll totally check it Can out. Can we drop we'll your name? Do we yeah. get like, do we get like, you know. Bob sent us. Free sides or anything like that? Just, he you said know. you're going to give me collard greens. <laughs> if I said nice things. Yeah, I heard the secret phrase was Bob's burnt ends. And then you got. Uh, <laughs> Bob says, uh, Bob. <laughs> Bob, Bob says, looking forward to hearing from both of you again. We've been housebound from the snow we received this weekend, mostly by chance. We enjoyed the true downtime. Well, Bob, listen, again, congratulations on the uh, the new house. Love to hear about the progress. Thank you for the uh, tip about good barbecue in the Richmond, Virginia area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, Dale, writing in as well. He says, I have a question, if you don't mind. He says, uh, I have a niece that goes to Longwood. And... Uh, he said, my wife oh, and sister taking her back. back. Did you I write back? back? Yeah, but I wrote back okay. too late. I was like, I hope you guys made it. There wasn't a lot of snow, and I'm really sorry it took long to get. But I was just like, whoopsie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, t- I wrote back the next day. I'm like, I hope everybody yeah. got home okay. Sorry, Dale. <laughs> uh, Dale in uh, Pocosin, uh, Virginia, says, it's great knowing I can still get my cam fix. Listening to Missy is great to put a voice on the stories I've heard on cam and company. I'm glad to hear she's doing well. She sounds like a trip. Thank you. You are a definite yeah, trip. Definite. <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget, you can listen to Cam and Company or watch it even uh, every day on NRA TV, 5.30 Eastern Time. Uh, still, it's been a little bit more than a week since we've been back and, uh, you know, still trying to go through some things. I'm not sure that everything is set in stone. We might be expanding, making the show a little bit longer. I, I, I don't know, but I uh, would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Uh, and uh, finally, Greg from Simplicity Llamas down in North Carolina says, uh, glad you're back on the podcast. I've certainly missed you. I know I will learn even more about our Second Amendment from you in this coming year. And you and Missy need to know when I can bring Mushu or Reepicheep or someone else up there to give out hugs. <laughs> Mushu came the one time and we were actually had him on the streets of Farmville outside your studio. And people were coming along and then just, oh my God. It was so funny just to hold a llama leash. Okay? Right. And he has them. He, he, he grooms them. And shaves their fur down in such a manner that he actually has them looking like some character from a Dr. Seuss car- cartoon. So he had like a star and a squiggle and, and something carved into the fur. So it was really kind of funny. But that was Mushu. He was so chill. He, he really was. And I would, uh, yeah, we, we would love to have you up in the spring, Greg. Let's let's figure out a, a nice warm day, maybe during spring break when there are you know lots of people around on the streets of Farmville and 
let's have some let's have some fun with the llamas. Right. Uh, one more email that I just want to mention. Um, uh, Chris wrote in, and we we already wrote back to Chris, but uh, Chris said, uh, please keep us updated on your forty acre podcast in whatever way you can. This was when we before we were back on the yeah. air uh, with Cam and Company. He said, I begin to worry about Missy whenever there's a delay between podcasts. I'm not dead yet. We'll let you know. And I, I you know, <laughs> it's so sweet though. But it is sweet, and and oftentimes you know when we don't get a podcast done in a given week um and it's just because we're busy i don't think about yeah, that I don't but either. but we'll that, that that means a lot chris yeah. i just want you to know that so thank you um and we look forward to talking to you again very very soon as i mentioned we've got another uh, bonus episode if you uh, want to get your history geek on we're talking about uh, reflections on the failures of socialism feel free to send that along to alexandria ocasio cortez uh <laughs> maybe this could be like sort of an audio book for her yeah uh, in the meantime She'll need it on the finance committee. <laughs> Be safe. Have fun. Live a little. Learn a lot. And follow Corny Grant, Corny Goat Farm on Instagram. And at and Cam farm. Edwards on Twitter. And f- on Facebook. And on Facebook Corny as well. Goat farm. Corny Goat Farm. There you go. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of 40 Acres and a Fool. Have a great week and weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. 40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network. 